I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Fifth and Mission. Nearly 35,000 people work for the city. They're police officers, accountants, and street cleaners, mechanics, drivers, IT experts, and nurses. But there aren't enough of them. The city is short around 4,000 workers at the moment, a vacancy rate of more than 11%. That affects everyone. The streets aren't as clean as they could be, nurses are overworked, muni service is less reliable and frequent. And for some workers, having vacancies means longer shifts and more stress. Last September, I talked with Bert Wilson, a 911 dispatcher. It's brutal hours, it's very little time off, and you have to be very focused most, if not 100% of the time. This is life and death. I mean, there's people that are calling depending that you get the correct information to get an officer or a fireman or a paramedic at that location as fast as possible. At some point, it becomes, you know, very, very stressful on your system. You know, and I, I see a lot of dispatchers just burning out and they just move on or they make mistakes. San Francisco is not alone in this. Other American cities are also struggling to hire and are dealing with similar vacancy rates. Last year, one in seven public sector jobs in Philadelphia were vacant. In San Francisco, city workers, elected officials, labor leaders, and department heads have been sounding the alarm about the city's staffing shortage for more than a year. Everyone wants it to be fixed. In June, the civil grand jury issued a report trying to get to the bottom of this problem— The civil grand jury is a panel of volunteers that under state law can investigate any issue of public importance and speak to city insiders anonymously, even issue subpoenas if necessary. The civil grand jury found that the city has been struggling with high vacancy rates and a slow, cumbersome hiring process for decades. City leaders agree this is a problem and say that addressing it is a top priority. The Board of Supervisors will hold a hearing about vacancies in early October. Today on the show, we'll hear from the jury four person about what the report found. Then director of the city's Department of Human Resources, Carol Eisen, will share what her department is doing to help the city staff up. Since the jury's report came out in June, there has been some progress. Eisen says that while there still aren't enough workers, vacancy rates are finally dropping. First, let's hear what the civil grand jury's investigation revealed about this problem from four person Karen Kennard. Karen Kennard, thank you so much for talking with me today. Well, thank you for your interest in the grand jury and in our reports. Can you briefly explain what the civil grand jury is and how you and your colleagues joined it? Sure. By law in California, every county has a civil grand jury. Individuals who volunteer apply to become civil grand jurors. We each volunteer for the full year. Although we do get per diem for our time, we're essentially hardworking volunteers who are interested in improving city governance and operations. How does the civil grand jury select the topics it's going to investigate? I think each jury is a little different, but we have full reign to select anything that has to do with San Francisco city governance. We each year meet as a team or as a group and talk over the problems that we see in the city that we think we might be able to contribute to resolving. So in this particular year, when I was the foreperson, we pursued five investigations and issued four reports. Not every investigation results in a report. Sometimes you find after investigating that there's nothing substantial to recommend, that the jury can recommend. We issued four investigation reports, and they are all posted on the San Francisco Civil Grand Jury website. That's actually kind of a relief to hear that there are some things that you investigate and you decide, eh, there's not really enough here to make a full report about. 
Yeah, sometimes you find that the city is doing everything that it is doing reasonably well, and there's no recommendations we can think of that would improve the situation that aren't already being implemented. Can you tell me how the jury conducts its investigations? What kinds of sources do you use and what kinds of access do you have to the inner workings of the city? Individual investigations are confidential, so I can't go into specifics, but the process is the same for all. And we are allowed to do interviews of city officials and employees, and they do have to cooperate with us. We can issue subpoenas, and it's rarely needed. We can also do things like site visits when necessary or informative for our investigations. And we also review massive amounts of both public and non-public documents. We request information from city personnel and they are required to provide it to us. We keep it in confidence as well as their names. It usually takes several months to complete the investigation and another couple of months to draft the report. So just to be clear here, they are the... The city employees that you interview are anonymous, not just to the public, but to the department that they work for as well. Exactly. Let's get into the details of this report. Like many civil grand jury reports, Time to Get to Work examines a persistent problem in the city. The report notes that this city has struggled for a long time with barriers to effective and fast hiring. In fact, a civil grand jury report from 1997 finds many of the same problems that you all did. But... This report also describes our current hiring crisis as unprecedented. What's new about this old problem? I think the new problem is the exacerbation of the old problem. It appears to us, based on our investigation, that the problem has been documented for years. There are actually three prior grand jury reports, at least, that have looked into this, as well as controllers' reports and some others. And a lot of reforms have been in place starting you know, as early as the 90s to try and streamline the process. We wanted, especially coming out of the COVID pandemic, to determine whether or not this was a COVID-specific blip and whether it was trending downward. And we were surprised to discover that it was continuing to trend upward. So we thought it might be a good time, while attention is being focused on this issue, to look at some recommendations that we could add into the mix of the conversation. We wanted to see whether some of the recommendations that we have in mind could help reverse this really unfortunate and now longstanding trend. Which departments and which kinds of positions is the city hurting for most? Well, we focused on critical city services, anything that, you know, sort of affects the, directly affects quality of life and public health and safety was our main focus. And it is not to say that if there's a vacancy in some accounting position somewhere that that's not important to fill. But what we wanted to focus on, because there's 35,000 jobs across the city and we didn't have time or the ability to focus on every department, we wanted to focus on critical city services because our thought was that that's the thing that perhaps most affects quality of life for individual San Francisco residents. So muni and police fire, as well as hospitals and Department of Public Health was our primary focus. Yeah. One somewhat ironically sad thing that I noticed in the report is that the staffing crisis is worsening the staffing crisis. There are vacancies in hiring support positions like HR, things like analysts and fingerprint technicians. And HR specialists are also moving between departments, which means they need to get retrained. 
Well, you hit on something that we found somewhat surprising and illuminating was that in addition to this, the critical service departments, HR itself is understaffed and has a significant vacancy rate. And so in order yeah. to fix the problem of vacancy rates, you need a fully staffed and fully functioning HR department. And that's one of the sources of one of our recommendations, uh, of which we have several. But I think that the Department of Human Resources would probably agree that they their own vacancy rate is contributing to some of these bottlenecks. And I think the city would very much like to see that reversed. And we pointed some recommendations in that direction. A quick post-production note. In its response to this report, the mayor's office said the city has made several HR analyst hires since the time the jury was investigating this issue, so those positions are now much better staffed. Next, I asked jury foreperson Karen Kennard about how long it takes to hire someone and how that was affecting staffing. Well, we have at current, at least as of 2022, a 255-day medium time to hire And we don't have a lot of comparative data for that, but we looked at neighboring counties and found that it's substantially higher in San Francisco than in some neighboring Bay Area counties. And I think almost anybody would say that's just unacceptably too long. Many people give up. They can't wait that long to find out whether they got the job or didn't, and they go on to another opportunity. So we lose good candidates by taking so long to hire. Yeah. So let's get into the recommendations. What did the jury suggest for getting San Francisco staffed up? The main thing is to see whether or not we can set some targets and goals to bring these numbers down. So we do think that the vacancy rates are too high and we are asking DHR to develop a plan to get at least the critical service departments down to a vacancy rate of no more than 5% by fiscal year 2024-25. We realize 0% is impossible, but we're hoping for a target rate of no more than 5%. And then in terms of speeding up time to hire, we have about six different ideas for ways that that might be attacked. One is to see whether or not we can establish a hiring timeline goal of 60 days from when a job posting closes to when the hiring department makes a conditional job offer. We also, there's a portion of the timeline that rests with the mayor She has a certain amount of time to approve budgeted positions, and we would like her to establish her own timeline of no more than five business days to take action on those requests. Often, currently, it takes longer than that. We also think that DHR could do a better job of anticipating when employees leave. Oftentimes, they don't start recruiting for a position, even though they know that some employees are about to retire or leave for other reasons. The report notices that we do have an aging workforce in San Francisco. That's perhaps true in other cities as well. And so this will become an increasing issue over time. And the need to start recruiting well in advance of an impending employee separation is going to become increasingly more important. Are there any other recommendations that you particularly want to point out that you want people to know that the jury has made? I think one thing that would be useful is to focus a little bit on transparency. The city does a good job of publishing dashboards that talk by department about how things are going. And yet, in terms of DHR and hiring, we don't really have publicly reported and clear data. So we do have one recommendation that suggests that we develop some dashboards that would be posted and will report time to hire and vacancy rates so that we as the residents of San Francisco can develop some confidence that our system is working, that we can see that time to hire is coming down, we can see vacancy rates coming down. 
So we do believe that something the city controller and city administrator could do better is to just give us as residents more information about how things are going. I think transparency is almost always a positive in a complex city with overlapping departments all very busy trying to address a problem. And if we could help track how we're doing, I think that would help restore some public confidence. Karen, thanks for walking me through this and for taking the time. Thank you very much. What does the city say about all this? Well, some of it, they say, is already in motion. We'll hear how much progress has been made after a break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. San Francisco's department heads and administrators know the city has a hiring crisis. They said so loud and clear last year when it took, as you heard, a median of 250 days to fill an open position. The city had long neglected its hiring tools. HR departments had to do things like post openings on a physical bulletin board and follow timelines based on how long it took to send paper correspondence through the mail. And the pandemic had made an existing vacancy problem even worse. So about a year ago, city leaders launched the Government Operations Recovery Initiative to reform its policies and approach to hiring. When the civil grand jury report came out, San Francisco was already working on certain changes. To understand what those were and where things stand today, I'm talking with Carol Eisen, director of the Department of Human Resources. Carol Eisen, last year, I think it was in October, Ben Rosenfield, the controller, told the Civil Services Commission that he doesn't think there's any bigger challenge that the city faces. You said at the same hearing, I believe, that we are now at a critical breaking point. What happened at that breaking point, and is this challenge being treated with commensurate urgency? Absolutely. We are laser-focused on rebuilding the city staff that I think took a significant hit during the depths of the COVID pandemic. But all of our high-level measurements are showing to us that the recovery is well underway, that the steps we're taking to rebuild the staff are working. And so we're pleased with the results. We know we have a lot more work to do. And the grand jury's report certainly highlights that and in some ways uh, points the way towards initiatives that we are taking or could undertake to encourage this. We're spending a lot of our effort looking at two specific uh, tracks that we can identify improvements in. The first is in the rules themselves. We've asked for rule changes that clarify the process, speed the process up, and that get into some more interesting type categories that tend to take time. So that is work that's well underway. The second lane that we're working closely on and really is more under my direct control, and that is the administrative processes that we rely upon to hire people. And they're they're not necessarily consistent across the whole city, and they take time and sometimes too much time. From my department standpoint, the Department of Human Resources, we do play an outsized role in some of the overall things that have to happen. For example, medical evaluations, fingerprinting, criminal background checks. We do a lot of that work. 
And we've examined a lot of that and have found areas that we can make them work better and faster, more efficiently. Let's talk about the timeline to hire. You just brought up, we have gone from, I believe it was a medium median of 255 days last time we spoke. And now we're down to around six months, roughly. What has gotten us this far? The Civil Service Commission changed some of the rules about minimum times to post. We have changed our fingerprinting process. We are changing our whole approach to medical examinations. We have historically subjected virtually all of our applicants to medical examinations, and we're looking closely at that to try and more tailor-make that to where we actually need them and eliminate it where we don't. We've eliminated certain mandatory steps in the evaluation process that after close look at them have decided they were essentially redundant and weren't needed. So we are flipping over every rock to see where we can find time and steps that don't add any or sufficient value to spend the time involved in taking those steps. And so I would say that the single biggest challenge for the city is in law enforcement and all the ancillary functions involved with law enforcement. We've heard a lot about police hiring. This is not hardly unique to San Francisco. It really is the whole Bay Area and perhaps nationally where this is an issue. But all while we are historically significantly down from our staffing levels in the police department, we're starting to see indications that a turnaround could be here. Our, the numbers of applicants we're getting are much higher. The academy class is larger than it's ever been the current one. The number of people who we hire and then stay is increasing We believe we're coming essentially to the end of a historic kind of run on retirement. You know, that's a demographic fact that many city departments are facing, police even more so. So while the numbers aren't great, we're starting to see signs of turnaround. The police department has undertaken a number of initiatives to improve their own internal process for hiring. I want to talk about some of the specific recommendations from the Civil Grand Jury Report, one of which is establishing a timeline of 60 days from when a job posting closes to when the hiring department makes a conditional job offer. Do you find that timeline reasonable? I think that it is a good idea, and I like the grand jury's the sentiment behind the recommendation in the sense that the appointing officers really should have goals that they set for themselves and they set for their staffs. That makes sense to me to keep everybody focused and to make hiring a priority because we're very busy. The city is extremely busy and making selections from lots of candidates and the involvement of the hiring managers who also have busy day-to-day jobs. Sometimes these things tend to fall to the bottom of the pile. So I like the general idea that we set goals for ourselves. I don't agree with having very specified arbitrary numbers for a city as big and diverse as we are. 
that may or may not work in every instance. There may be instances where we can make decisions in a week and we should be making them in the week. It may take us six months because of the much more complex vetting that needs to happen with any given job classification. So I like the idea of having goals. I don't think one size fits all. And is 60 days too short? It can be, or it could potentially be too long in some instances. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of positions in the budget. We always have some vacancy rate that's there for attrition, turnover, or for other reasons. Glad you brought up vacancies. The latest numbers I saw are that the vacancy rate peaked last fall at 14% and has dropped to 11.6% since then. The civil grand jury's recommendation was to set a goal for at least the critical service departments to get down to a vacancy rate of no more than 5% by fiscal year 2024-25. What do you make of that? Similarly, I would not subscribe to a overall a major policy question being driven by an arbitrary number. The budget is a statement of intention of our policy. We have a lot of positions in that budget. From a high-level view, we're the city government is, is essentially almost as large as it's ever been. And some departments are going to carry higher vacancy rates than others, depending on their circumstances. And I don't believe that one simple number is going to resolve it by saying it's 5% or it's 2% or it's 7%. Prior to the pandemic, the city typically ran, at a, again, at a very high level, roughly at a 7% vacancy rate. So that 5% would be below that number. That may make sense in some instances and not in others. Yeah, I understand the inclination not to lock into a specific number, but I mean, is there a good benchmark? I mean, is 11.6% low enough? really depends on the occupations that we're talking about and the priorities of the city. So it may be, or it may be too high, it may be too low. So while our vacancy rate was high and critically high in some key areas, again, in those major areas, I see them dropping. And I think pulling any number out of air and saying it's got to be this number isn't really that helpful to us. What's helpful is taking the steps we need to get more law enforcement, to get the ancillary occupations filled, to make sure that we're on track to rebuild our nursing staff, to make sure our muni drivers are where they need to be. So in those departments, um, would you say that it's like the ability to meet their service delivery goals that is what establishes whether we have enough staff or not enough staff? I mean, you were talking about how departments need staff to do their work, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's about are they properly resourced to fulfill their missions? And the budget is a statement of giving them the ability and the resources to be able to do that. But those needs change and the demands change. The staff fluctuates, but the flexibility is needed to be able to put those resources where we need them. One recommendation I found interesting kind of generally from the civil grand jury was for more transparency. And they're actually asking for a few different kinds of transparency, one of which is a way for applicants to be able to check where their application is in the process. 
which I believe is now available. We can talk about that. But also for the Department of Human Resources to track delays and to offer like a dashboard into this problem. Also something I understand is in progress. I imagine that these might not, you know, directly bring down the hiring timeline or vacancy rates. But do you see value in those proposals in transparency? I absolutely see value in those proposals. And that's why we're putting so much effort into making those things happen. We need the tools to understand just even from a hiring perspective, where are we in the process? How many people are we hiring? When are we hiring them? Where are the candidates in the process? We need to be able to monitor that from from my department and the staff in the departments that are involved in those processes need to be able to see that. And historically, we have not really had the tools to be able to do that. And we're developing those tools and we're all pretty excited about it. You know, eventually this will make its way towards being able to make that more generally available. A lot of information is available to applicants now that was not previously available to them. And I just want to add here and make a plug for an initiative we're undertaking. We are on track to open a career center. It's going to be located in City Hall in a prominent location. We're really excited and hope that you all come and visit us. Great. Anything else you want to add? So in the city, we have a uh, occupational family called administrative analyst. Occupational family is like a group of jobs? A group of job classifications okay. that you. go from our entry level, goes all the way up through very high-level analysts that work directly for department heads, advising them on key program and policy initiatives. We had hundreds of vacancies, especially at the entry and first journey level in this occupation. And part of the reason why we did is that we were using a process that had each department giving their own civil service examinations to fill their own positions. And it worked in some broad sense, but the amount of time involved and the churn because mostly we were just hiring internally. We were picking a person out of one department and moving them to another, creating another vacancy behind it. And this went on for several years with churn, churn, churn. We have decided to open up the entire process. We are using our new smart recruiters to allow everybody to apply online and to take the first level of examination, which is a written examination on demand, so it's available for them to take in their homes, in their own time, and when they then take that exam, if they pass the exam, they get slotted into a list that then is available to city departments to review all the applicants or to go through the applications and pick the ones that best suit their needs and then to make their selections. We had more applications than we've ever had and more interest in our jobs than we've ever had. But in any case, over the last couple of months, we've filled hundreds of these jobs and it's well underway. So it's a work in progress. It's not perfect. But if for us, where we've been living in the world of paper and pencil and one-offs and constant churn and never being able to keep up, this is transformative for us. And hopefully transformative for the city. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your interest. 
Carol Eisen is the director of the Department of Human Resources in San Francisco. Karen Kennard was the foreperson for the civil grand jury. You can read the jury's report on city hiring called Time to Get to Work at civilgrandjury.sfgov.org. Thanks to Sarah Feldberg for editing this episode, Gary Baca and Keith Manconi for mixing the audio, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs>